Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Well, so my recommendation is that anyone attempting to leave the mountain should be shot on sight. Greetings, one and all, to the Gatecast Christmas 2011 stocking filler. Or in other words, a small update just to remind everyone we are still here. For this brief episode, I'll be covering some of the feedback we got from our 100th episode competition and a review of Ashley McConnell's SG-1 pilot novelisation. So let's kick off with the novel. The book was written by Ashley McConnell and released in 1998 by ROC, part of the Penguin New America group, and tells the story of Children of the Gods, the SG-1 pilot which aired the year before in Showtime. Surprisingly, the book cover promotes Devlin and Emmerich, the creative minds behind the movie, who never actually had screen credit on the series proper. All of the ROC SG-1 novels carried this credit, but later novels from other publishers only list Brad Wright and Jonathan Glasner. In 2009, there was The Final Cut, a reworked version of Children of the Gods. This novelisation kind of bridges the gap between the two versions of the pilot. There are some scenes that are expanded upon, and others curtailed, but overall the novel gives you everything you need, with lots of character motivations and thoughts, which add context and depth to the on-screen action. The story kicks off with the gate room scene and the airman on guard duty. The novel expands this scene wonderfully as it develops Sergeant Carol Keating, a.k.a. Airman Carol Wheatrings, as in the show, as she grows nervous and uneasy over an extended period of time, and the reactions to her by her colleagues. We also get a little more information on the status of the project and the lack of oversight at this point, as people are shipped out of the base to go to other assignments. In the aftermath of the attack, we also get the retrieval of, I guess, a fairly mature Gawal symbiote from the dead Jafar. Quote, The two white worms launched themselves through the air to the hands of the golden leader who welcomed them with open arms and coos of sympathy. As he soothed them, he reached down and recovered the sphere that had been the first object through the disc. He paid no attention to the abandoned bodies of his slain escort. The story continues with Jack opening up to his new general and bouncing off Samuels but we also get a little more of his interaction with Kowalski, and it's interesting that the room is booked and the general is listening in. This may be the primary reason he was more open to investigating rather than nuking the Stargate. That aspect isn't really covered in the uh, broadcast episode, and it's one advantage of a novelisation. From then on, the novel stays pretty much true to the show, with the introduction of Sam Carter, the creation of SG-1 and SG-2, and confirmation of Daniel by the tissue box. Quote, Still, the only thing they knew for sure was on this side of the gate was an alien with glowing eyes, who might or might not use Kleenex. I'll give you exactly 24 hours to either return or send a message through, he decided. A real one. No Kleenex boxes. The arrival on Abydos, the revelation of the map room, and the attack by Apophis are all covered a bit in a little more detail than the show, especially how the SG teams react to Skara and Share, especially Sam's thoughts on the matter. When the actual mission to Chulak is ongoing, again we get more of Jack's distrust of the scientists. But right here we get the first begrudging acceptance that Sam may be worth having along. Quote, I set up a line of claymores along the ridge at intervals of 10 metres and wired them back to the gate. O'Neill raised an eyebrow. On the other hand, a bloodthirsty scientist might actually come in handy. There may be hope for Carter yet. From the arrival at the city to being discovered when Daniel reacts to seeing Sharae, the stories go hand in hand 
but we do see Tilk in a more positive light, much closer to his presentation in the final cut rather than the original broadcast pilot. The escape from Chulak and failed rescue attempt play out as is, including the final scene as Kowalski stands in front of the gate and stares the camera down. One thing I did notice in the novelisation is how characterisation is expanded upon, yet action or more dramatic scenes are shortened. Two examples of this is the claiming of Sharae by the symbiote. It's certainly not remotely titillating, unlike the broadcast. And the prison breakout is also much shorter. Maybe it's the author's style, but it seems to work in the book. Novels have the room to go into more depth and explain characters' thoughts and motivations, and rely more on the reader's imagination to create action sequences on the framework they provide. I guess it also helps that many of the readers will have seen the pilot on Showtime, or the edited version on Sci-Fi or from other broadcasts outside the US. Ashley McConnell has written four Stargate novels, five Quantum Leap novels, a Highlander story, two novels in the Weedonverse, Buffy and Angel, and has five original works, three of which are in the Demon War series. Alas, like many paperbacks, they are hard to get hold of brand new or at a realistic price. They can be found used on eBay or via retailers using Amazon, and as of yet, there are no legitimate ebook releases. It's a shame that such a library of work for the franchise, which cannot be making any real money for publishers these days, are not repackaged as an ebook edition and realistically priced, and thus become a viable revenue stream. I can say hand on heart, I'd be snapping up the whole back catalogue if they were offered at a decent price, because right now I only own five Stargate novels, as they are in direct competition with old and new publications at similar prices. So that was Ashley McConnell's novelisation, Stargate SG-1. If you pick up the novel at a realistic price, there is enough extra content to complement both the original broadcast pilot, its edited version and the final cut. That said, maybe an original story is the better option, including those from Ashley herself, or others from ROC or Fandemonium. Ashley McConnell's Stargate novels include The Price You Pay, published 1999, The First Amendment, published 2000, and The Morpheus Factor, published 2001. She can be found at malacca.com, M-A-R-L-A-C-C-A. The Pandemonium Stargate novels, which include SG-1, Atlantis, and Stargate Universe, can be found at stargatenovels.com an ongoing resource for all things Stargate. Just say the word. Open the iris. The next segment in this final show for 2011 is the accompanying thoughts on favourite Stargate episodes from our 100th episode competition. Let's start with Miles, who hosts the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. I have so many that can be called favourites, so I'm picking Fragile Balance. I thought the young actor, Michael Welsh, did a great job of channeling RDA and becoming Jack O'Neill. He had me laughing throughout the whole show. I'm glad the clone Jack didn't die. I hope they can revisit the story. Two Jack O'Neills. The possibilities are endless. I thought a couple of interesting themes were explored here. Who has the right to be the real Jack O'Neill? The original or the clone? Can they both claim to be the real Jack O'Neill? Also, what if you have a chance to go back and become a kid again? But, have all the memories you currently have. How would you live your life at that point? Would you pursue the same things? Avoid pitfalls and mistakes you had made? Or go in a totally different direction? I just started season 9, so I don't know if I'll see the young Jack O'Neill again. But I hope so. This was a phenomenal episode, so it's one of my favourites. As one of our friends who listen to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast closes his communiques to us, I'll use the same closing. Live long and podcast. Next is Thomas, who has co-hosted our show. Man, it's just too hard to pick out one good episode. There are so many good ones out there. Well. For SG-1, I'd have to say I have a few. First is Solitude in Season 1. What's not to like about it? Yes, it's a slow episode. You have the great Sam and Jack moments. You really see the starting of the love between them develop there. 
Next I would pick Tokra parts 1 and 2. One word, Jacob. Episode 100 has one of my favourite quotes right at the very end by the Tilt Clone from Isaac Asimov about science fiction as an existential metaphor. And finally the last episode of the series is amazing. Unending had to be one of the all-time best for the series. Great plot and music intention. Now, SGA have not quite finished, but there are two that come to mind. One, and I'm sure Alan will agree, is Grace Under Pressure. Hmm, hello, Sam almost naked. The other, which you could say is one of the saddest, is Sunday. It crushed me when I first saw it. It was written phenomenally. And lastly, for SGU. I have not seen the second half of season two, but if I had to choose one, it would be trial and error. Good overall episode and good conflict, if a little too repetitive. Next up is Abby. My favourite episode of SG-1 is Summit and Last Stand in Season 5. I like it because it's a Daniel-centric episode, and because we get introduced to Ball, who's my favourite Gold, and makes a phenomenal bad guy for seasons to come. Adriana is next, and she has also co-hosted an episode of the Gatecast. Quick question for you. Out of ten seasons of SG-1, five of SGA, and two of SGU, that I haven't seen, I'm supposed to pick a favourite episode? As in one? Yeah, so not going to happen but there are some that stand out in my mind. I'm not as good with episode titles as, say, Alan or Thomas, but I'm guessing SG buffs like yourselves will know which ones I'm talking about. The episode where an alternate Sam and Kowalski show up, for one thing, long blonde hair was a pleasant change, although I do think that Amanda looks better with bangs or fringe, as Anne calls it. For another, it gives us a glimpse into a world where the military didn't stand in the way of Jack and Sam's feelings for each other. Brief Candle, I think, is a title of the episode where Jack ages rapidly due to being infected with nanites, he really doesn't change much as he gets older. He's still the same Jack that he is when the Atlantis mission is launched. Atlantis Rising, a beautifully shot episode from a franchise of wonderful cinematography. Also, it was our first real connection with Tories Elizabeth Weir, meeting John Shepard for the first time as well. I'm stopping with these three, because the more I type, the more come to mind, and this email could really get longer if I keep going. Stephen is next on the list, and again, he's joined us for an episode a while back. Hello, Alan and Mike. My favourite ever episode from the Stargate franchise is, you know, of course it is. No, not Dead Man Switch, but we know of opportunity. This is just so funny and yet really emotional at the end. Great acting by all the gang, but especially RDA at the end. I lost my son. Sorry I had to say it, but I love that line. I can watch the episode over and over again. Keep all the good work, guys. Here's Luke, often seen on our Facebook group. It is very easy to pick bad episodes of Stargate, like Emancipation or SG-1 Season 8 Sacrifices, but hard to pick my favourite. Of Season 1, they're but for the grace of God, because this episode sets up a great arc that ends with Within the Serpent's Grasp, and shows just what one Gwal could do on Earth and why Apophis had to be stopped at all costs. Keep up the good work with the show, and the road to 200 starts here. Finally Daniel, the winner of the draw. I like Avalon Parts 1 and 2 in Season 9. The whole Ori King Arthur arc is wonderful. As soon as I saw where they were going with Daniel's whole Merlin Merlin speech, I was hooked. And those were the entries for the competition. That's all for now then from the Gatecast. There will be a new episode on the 7th of January, Nightwalkers. So we hope you've had a good holiday so far, and are gearing up for the new year. See you on the other side of the gate. Stargate forever. On the next Stargate SG-1. You have to protect me, they know that I... Hello? Hello. A sudden disappearance. They found his car totaled, but there was no body. Leads the crew to a mysterious town. The people of this town are behaving strangely, even for humans. But what they're about to uncover... The humans have no idea what's going on here. ...is something so unbelievable... Some kind of alien ship. 
Something so unthinkable. Oh my god. The people building the ship are Goa'uld. How is that possible? It could destroy them all. The symbiotes know we're onto them. We'll have to kill them. On the next Stargate SG-1. You've been listening to Gatecast, presented by Alan, Mike and Scott. Visit us at gatecast.facecast.com Thank you.